This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We love this quote. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. We are obsessed by how others think of us. You're going to have to get comfortable with being judged or being thought foolish. It's not easy to live a great life. It's not easy to strike one, you know, but it's worth it. Welcome to U-Turns, the podcast where we navigate change positively. (laughs) At least that's what we're aiming to do. I am Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. And today we're focusing kind of inward on self-talk. It's a catchy phrase. I hear it all the time. It basically means that voice inside your head that never ever seems to shut up. Lisa, <laughs> what is your sound like? Is she a sweetheart? Yeah, mine's so loving and, yeah. and, and encouraging, and she's like a little cheerleader in my head. I'll just bet. <laughs> you just sounded like her. She's a little bitch. Yeah. I mean, I personally am terrified to be alone with that voice in my head sometimes. Some days she's just so nasty. So I think we need to do an exorcism of those those little nasty creatures in our head. And and to help us with that, we have got today Gary John Bishop, who is the author of, okay, I'm going to just say it. For any of you who have small children in the car, cover their ears because the title of Gary's book is Un... Fuck yourself. <laughs> when you promote it, do you just say unf yourself? How it, do we... It depends. A lot of the podcasts will just say it. Um, but, you know, if... If I'm on television or radio or something, they'll usually say unbleep yourself or unf yourself or something. All right. So to be polite, unf yourself, get out of your head and into your life. Um, Gary, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Exciting. Yeah. And you can can say... Unfuck yourself. We I are can? Pod- yeah, sure. That's a relief. We can we're be- grown-ups here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're grown-ups. We're being Full very provocative. <laughs> it is. It is. We're freeing ourselves from the taboo of language. Um, speaking of freeing ourselves, we were just talking about those little nasty voices, and, and you talk a lot about self-talk. Yeah. How 
How are we going to get over that negative self-talk? My belief is that our lives are very much about trying to overcome it. But you never, you'll never disappear. It's always there. So I, I tend to look at it these days as just like a background noise. It's just always there. But I, I lived a big chunk of my life defined by it. Like I would take actions given by it. I would. So now it's it's more like we cohabit this body. But but I've given up the idea of trying to, you know, get rid of it. You know, it's I live by the idea. You know, whatever you resist persists. Mm-hmm. So if you resist yourself, so if you try and make it go away, you'll you're feeding the beast. So we have different self talk voices. Yeah. But it's is it pretty common what Lisa and I experience where that self talk is. Negative and critical yeah. and harsh. Oh, absolutely. Like it gets down in the dirt. And, you know, like you idiot, you're stupid. What were you thinking? You know. Um, Do you it, answer it? Do you like saying, uh, I wasn't uh, stupid. I, was I just actually, confused. I see, I don't even, I just laugh at it now. I'm more like, you know, I mean, my, one of the most pro- foundational aspects of my self talk is um, I'm not smart enough. Now, your self talk, if you take that statement alone, it's like a tree it has branches. So it's now if you if you start with a notion that language and emotions are in like a salsa with each other, okay, so they're like dancing with each other. And so if if you're if you're emotionally you feel as if you're a little suppressed, you'll notice you're in a dialogue with yourself or a monologue. You're in one. Anytime you're in a negative state, it's about you. So you'll notice it's always about you when you're in a negative state. You know, it's never, but it's always about you, how you're doing, how you're going to do, how you did. It's all that. Um, it's, and it's rarely about what's going on around you. And so unless it's what's going on around you and how it impacts you. But it's, you're never like authentically engaged with what's going on around you. Not in the way like a kid is, a little one. Like they're authentically engaged with our surroundings. So it's isolating. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the other thing that was a revelation for me when I f- first kind of stumbled across this, I guess. I- I'm I'm now at a point in my life where I'm really clear that I am not what goes on in my head. Because if I was, I would have it say something a bit nicer than what it says. You know, if it was up to me, I'd have it say, you're awesome. You have the wings of an eagle. You can do anything you want. It doesn't say that. You know, I mean, when I'm writing, it's saying... That's stupid. What are you thinking? You know, go do something else. This is a waste of your time. You're out your depth. You know, it's all... Um, yeah, your voice is pretty bitchy too. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> your voice can come yeah. hang out with our voices. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But, <laughs> They'd love each other. But I've, I've really found that I can... The more I just take it along for the ride, I just bring it with me. So that's why the subtitle of the book is Get Out of Your Head and Then Your Life. Your life doesn't change by trying to change the noise in your head. Your life changes in the paradigm of action. You have to get into acting in life. And when you authentically engage with an action, so that is if you go for a walk, you go for a swim, you go talk to your friends, and you authentically engage with that, that is you're there for what's there, the voice in your head will change. So your your take on self-talk is very different from an affirmation, Right. 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 Explain the difference. An an affirmation is designed to overcome the self-talk, which, you know, I've tried them too. The the results were very spotty for me um, because I felt as if they were, it was, they were kind of like what I would call an in order to. 
So it was like, I'll say this in order to get rid of the self-talk, which was feeding the beast because you'd have to check in and see if it was there or not. And there it is. Right. So my approach in the book is something called an assertion. An assertion is when you recognize that that's what's there and you take a stand for something else. You say, okay, I get that. And that's the noise. And it is where it is. Okay. Now I'm going to take a stand for something. And then I I give you these little assertions in the boat. You could linguistically take a stand for something else. And it allows you, gives you just a window, a little moment to see an, an, an alternative. You're interrupting the pattern of the negative Absolutely. talk. Absolutely. But not fighting it, not resisting it, just branching off, taking a different direction. Something about that inner voice is a reflection of what's going on in our subconscious. Correct. Um, so ignoring it altogether, probably, as you said, you can't, whatever you resist gets stronger. Mm-hmm. But if if our subconscious controls most of our behavior and right. this, this nagging voice is part of our subconscious, how do we align what we want consciously with that subconscious yeah. nagging? That's an awesome question. I'll give you the, the briefest answer I can. I like to say self-awareness is the never-ending discovery of how checked out you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I live that way. That's how I, I relate to myself. Like, I catch myself, like, following a pathway of thought and emotion. And... um and so the more that I can highlight some of those subconscious um, triggers, um, then I can start start to, in, in, the, in the cold light of day, not in the heat of the battle, but in the cold light of day, I can say to myself, okay, how does that align with my life or what I'm up to as a human being and what matters to me as a human being? Or even does that align with who I would say I am as a human being? Right, so, so I have an automatic trigger for... Um, you're not listening to me. Okay, so that's like a source of a string of upset that's run through my life going all the way back to when I was a kid. And I'll just apply that to whoever's talking. I don't care if you are listening to me or not. I'm listening for, <laughs> are you really not? Right. Um, now, I, there was a big chunk of my life where I had no knowledge of that, of being run by that. That was like, to me, that was just people are annoying. They don't listen to what you say. Until I realized that, hold, hold on a minute, this can't be all people. And then I noticed that it followed me around like, oh, it's always me that gets that upset. <laughs> um, and then I would ask myself as I started to discover it, I saw that it just wasn't aligned with who I am as a human being or who I would say I am as a human being. It just wasn't, it didn't line up. So then, you know, to this day, I still catch myself with that trigger and in the, I'm getting much better now um, at recognizing it and not acting upon it. But it's a subconscious trigger of mine. It's like right there, ready to go, you know. Um, but the more I can own it and get responsible for it, the more alternatives I have, the more options I have, the more I have something called authentic choice. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to take that authentic choice that's in our head and see how we bring it into our actions. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. We were just talking about getting our heads in the right space and dealing with our subconscious and conquering that evil inner voice. Now I want to talk a little bit about how we take those shifts we have made in our heads and apply them to our actions. Yeah. How do we overcome the inertia to act and yeah. and and actually live what we the way we want right. to? <clears throat> There's one of the things that I realized when I was writing my book and I was doing some research. I kept asking myself, what if? So, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, books written about change your mindset, change your thoughts, um, how to get positive, like all of those things. And I kept coming back to, but what if I can't do that? Like, what if I'm in one of those days and the thoughts are there and I don't feel like doing it and it's been this way for three weeks? Now what? How does, I can't. And then you'll notice, like, when for somebody who's ever had that as an experience, and you guys might have had that fleetingly, or you might have had that over a long period of time. But when you're in that, trying to work on yourself when you're in that is not a good idea, right? And it really is not. It's like it's, it really is like attacking the attacking the mosquito bite with a comb, you know. <laughs> Like, it's just not, it's just going to get worse. It's like kicking yourself when you're down. It really is, you know. And then, and then, and then you can, people can get like depressed about being depressed. You know, it's like, you go further in the hole, you know. And then I I started to say, well, what could I give someone that would empower them and give them a way out? 
Like, how do I get out of it? And that's when I started to really um, coach people and teach people this whole idea of what does it look like to impact your life? What does it actually take to impact the quality of your life? And where is that happening? Now, I feel as if more and more and more and more, we feel as if we change our lives by changing how we feel, right? Like, if I change how I feel about this thing, then I'll deal with it. So if I'm not confident, let me go work on my confidence, and then I'll do it. Now, there's a lot of confidence books out there. There's a lot of confidence seminars. Or if I'm a procrastinator, if I feel as if I'm a procrastinator, I'll work on my procrastination, and then I'll get all this done. And what I'd come to realize is that mostly what we're waiting on is a feeling. So we're waiting on the feeling to change before I do. But you'll notice your life actually only changes when you do. So you'll only get fitter, healthier, happier, richer, whatever your thing might be, more experienced in the doing. And if you actually practiced, and and, and I really mean it like a practice, taking the action when you least feel like taking the action, you realize you can actually develop a muscle for, like I talked about earlier, cohabiting with that thing. Like I can be effective at something that I'm really committed to when I don't even feel like doing it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you brought up in your book is fear of judgment. You know, we don't feel like doing it because we're petrified of what yeah. other people will say when we yeah. do. Yeah, So how do you deal with that? I mean, we live in an incredibly judgy world yeah. right now. I, th- I think you've got to realize that um, you're judgmental. So you've got to start with yourself. <laughs> you fear others' judgment because you are yourself judgmental, so judgmental. Right? And, then, and, you know, even say, you know, others are judgmental, that judgmental. That's a little bit small comfort for me, though. Because yeah. if I'm thinking to myself, that self-talk, that, that, yeah. that nasty, judgy yeah. persona inside, that's inside everyone. And that's, that's right. aimed at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is, that, no, that, I don't know if that no, helps that's me. That's too self-indulgent. It's not, it's not aimed at you, though. It's aimed at, like, what it is to be a human being. Right. I mean, the point of being a, the point at a very fundamental level for us is to find our group, to belong, to be part of some community. So it's all like who's in, who's out. You know, that's the game. You know, as you walk down the street, who's in, who's out. You know, should you be in? No, you're not going to be in. Why? You look kind of dangerous. So let's keep you back there. Mm-hmm. You don't look like my type. Other, you end. know. And how many times have you met people in your life you didn't think were your type, and then you're like, oh my gosh, that person's awesome. You know, um, one. Many of those, especially this the judgment thing, I embrace it as a human thing. You know, I don't put any... And I've had that whole experience in my life of, like, I don't want to talk. I mean, you know, if your internal dialogue is I'm not smart enough and someone asks you to stand up and talk to 2,000 people, you know, you can imagine the noise going on in your head, right? I mean, it's... I mean, not as much anymore, but it used to be really overwhelming at times, you know? Um... And once I realized that they're all judging me and it's okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to die, that I, that I made what I was up to more important than their judgment. Like I, I put it in a place for myself or a context for myself that it elevated so that what I was up to. the very first time, though, when you got up in front of a big crowd yeah. of people to speak, yeah, was there anything that you told yourself? Was it just like, I said I would do this and I'm going to do it? My feet are walking toward that, that podium? That was part of it. That was part of it. Here's what you'll notice, though. This was really interesting for me at the time, I guess. 
I, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself. I'm not particularly interesting, but but I'm a human being, you know. Your accent's amazingly interesting. Right, so, we both love us anyway. So, well, Maybe in Scotland, not so just much. Just so the people listening are clear, I'm not wearing a kilt right now. So. But he sounds well, like he I is. Sound like I'm wearing we would a have told you guys. Everybody out there, we would have told you. When a man walks in wearing a skirt, don't worry, right. we'll let you know. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, but I think, you know, in any situation you're afraid of or you're intimidated by, you're fearful of in any way, You'll notice there's a kind of default relationship you have to everything you're about to go into. And it's default, and it's it's the same one for you all the time. So there's some, like, kind of relationship you have with yourself, and it's there, right? So whatever your fundamental relationship is with yourself, it's now rising, right? And then also what's at play is some fundamental relationship you have to people. So so you, here's what you want to start with, that you're walking in there like a fortune teller, you're already predicting how this is going to go, and you have no idea how this is going to go. So there's a default world you're already creating in your head, and if you're preparing to go speak, you're actually preparing what you're going to say to deal with this thing that you're making up in your head. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of people really struggle at public speaking, because they've already made their mind up what's out there, and they're going to talk to that. And what they don't talk to is who is actually out there. So, you know, once I kind of broke through some of those barriers and got interested in who's out there and how could I make a difference with them, one of the things that really diminished almost immediately was that it's about me. See, it's not about me. It's about them. And how can I be of use to them? That completely shifted my perspective. Can you bring that approach to everything you Absolutely. do? Because I understand how you can say that when you're on a stage talking to 2,000 yeah. people who are there because they want some wisdom from yeah. you. But we have fear of judgment in every every aspect of our lives. So, Correct. So in order to make change, we have to have repeated behaviors right. that make us uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And we have to get to a place where we're comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you do that with everyone? You make every interaction more about them. what you can give them than yeah. than how you feel in the moment. So, yeah, I, I really believe that the more you connect with people and the more you connect with your surroundings, the less it'll be about you and the better you'll be. I can totally hear that. I mean, it's interesting. You talk about um, a lot of your clients being on wellness journeys, trying to sort of transform themselves physically. That was an example yeah. that you brought up a lot in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can feel like it's all about me. It's, mm-hmm. it's me. It's this condition I've gotten myself right. in. And how am I going to climb out of it? Yeah. How do you connect with others and project outward on that? Yeah. If you, if you want to move forward on something that, you know, the body imprisons you kind of. Yeah. I think what you got to do is I, I th- often I find when people come to me and, they, and they're struggling with some body image or or health issue that they feel as if is related to the way in which they eat. The first thing I want to discover is do you authentically want to do it? Or is this just a reaction to something? Mm. Like if you say to somebody, if, if there was no social stuff about this, if there was no stuff about how you look or, you, you know, whether you're appropriate or if there was nothing like that, would you do it? You know, and what, what if the answer is... No, I, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with this. I just right. I just wish I didn't feel so lousy all the time. Yeah, and I didn't feel so judged. Yeah, I think I think the I love flipping it with people, right? Like 
as human beings, I notice we we kind of get off on the explanation, right? Often I find when somebody comes to me with an issue, it's actually something else. There's actually something else going on. But what's coming out of their mouth is how they've explained it to themselves. And they've explained it to themselves to such a degree that they fundamentally believe it. Like, this is the truth. This is how it is. And you can usually tell that's the case when they start fighting for it. So they'll actually argue for their own misery. (laughs) (laughs) Give us an example of that. And And my experience of people when I'm coaching them, if you give them an out, they'll take it. So if you say the word almost, they'll think you're talking about everybody else. But if you say absolutely, now they got a problem, you've just boxed them in. And in that moment, they'll fight for their own misery. So an example would be one I put up a while ago. I says, uh, I, I asked the question, forgive and not forget? That's called resentment. Now, people freaked out when I put that up. And what people were freaking out was for, about was their right to resent. That meant so, a lot to them. Right. So this is like, no, and then people really feel like, well, if I don't resent them, it'll let them off the hook. And my answer to that is maybe, but it'll definitely get you off the hook. Now, when you go down that pathway with someone, you will find people fight for their miserable past. People fight for the incidents in their life that they wish were different. People fight for what was done to them. They will fight for the right to continue living the life with that as a determining factor of how this is going to turn out. And you, and at some point, you know, you, I, I'll say to the client, so now you're starting to come to terms with that you're perpetuating this. Like this could be different, but you're determined that it isn't. And that's very challenging for somebody here to think, you know, Schneikes, this happened like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and I'm still living with this as some kind of template for how I should live. And it can be really, really confronting. But uh, but I really see that as being a big part of what I do. Like, I want to bring people to the point where you get, you have a say in this. It doesn't have to be this way. We're talking about judgment and resentment. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we can change our own narrative. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. talking about language and improving our lives and getting over judgment, I want to continue along those lines. You um, you say that we have the life we're willing to put up with. You were just talking yeah. about how some people fight for their resentment, fight for their attachment to their bad past. They value that more than the future life they can yeah. have. Can you explain what you mean by we have the life we're willing to put up with? Yeah, but as human beings, we have this tremendous capacity for overcoming. So whatever's happened in your life, you've developed a capacity for getting on with it, right? The problem is, over time, you've made it okay. So you'll make the life you've got okay, including how you've turned out. You'll make that okay. So people will say, oh, yeah, I've got an anger problem. And so they've made that okay. Um, or I don't get along with my dad. Well, I've made that okay. And that's the trudging along. Right. The but putting but up what that. we don't realize is whatever you're overcoming, you're taking it with you. So you're not your greatest, most freest, most self-expressive self. You're a version of you now. That once upon a time, you were free as a bird. But over the years, and especially in our 20s and 30s, and certainly in our 40s, you know, we, are, we feel good that we've overcome those things. Um, we don't really quite notice the ever-increasing burden of it. You don't notice the weight of what we're doing. And then, and then you talk about flipping that concept of, you know, the life you're willing to put up with. Right. And using that term, I'm willing, right. to sort of change your direction right. and, and break that box. Right. So, I mean, I guess work? I'm a little bit of an old school existentialist, right? So, uh, you know, in existentialism, one of the founding principles is, is responsibility. Now, responsibility, the way we use it in our everyday language is get something to do with blame, you know, like it's your fault, which is really not the whole picture when it comes to responsibility. It's actually a whole other, there's whole other aspects to that, which includes ownership, Right. And whatever you don't own will own you, by the way, when it comes to yourself. Whatever you don't own will own you. You'll live that life. But I love the whole, um, my, I guess my field of thought is organized around a, a specific kind of type of philosophy of ontology, which is the study of beingness, like it's the observation of beingness. But not being like you have an aura or something, like you are a very set group of ways of being. So for the most part, you might be um, independent, 
or you might be, um, for the most part, what I would call kind, right? Now, if you're somebody who, which I suspect you are. <laughs> the problem with being kind, though, is you often have the experience of being taken advantage of, right? So you're kind with people, and you'll notice it's a repeating feature in your life, mm-hmm. like being kind. Like, oh, well, these people always jerks with me. You know? I'm like, awesome with these people, and then they're jerks. But you'll kind somebody under the ground, right? Mm-hmm. You'll just, like, kind them. Right? Jill's very strong too. Yeah, I she's know. Not, I'm, she's I'm, not, it's not a weakness. No, no, she's not, not a weakness. She doesn't like. I'm glad you see kindness in me, she's but kind, I, I but can also be one tough. Yeah, mother. <laughs> do. We, I, I, I assert all people at whatever level are very tough. We're all great at dealing with life and what it throws at us. But when you, um, when so willingness is a way of being. It's a way to be in life. What is a way of being? It's an emotional state. It's a physical state. It includes thoughts. And your way of being in life or your ways of being in life, you you have total say in that. You have absolutely total say in it. I, we don't live like we do, but we have total say in it. So uh, for me, willingness was a way for me to start to look at life from a slightly different perspective than the one that I had been looking at life, which was one where I was looking at things and saying, can I do it? I can't do it. It's too much. Or it's not a good time. And I would ask myself a question. And the question I would ask myself is, okay, there's all of that, and am I willing? And I noticed that it, that it needed an answer. You can't ask yourself, am I willing, and it just sits there. It needs an answer. And the answer would be yes or no. I am willing or I'm not willing. But suddenly I realized, like, I could be if I wanted to. It's like dominoes. You got to just deal with what's in front of your face. What comes after that will be in front of your face when it's there. Because that can overwhelm you if you're thinking down the road. Like, exactly. I have to write this book or talk to 2,000 people. Right. It's better just to get, a, right. get out of bed. Right. I mean, the first, you got in front of us. I mean, I was in San Francisco speaking at an event that weekend. We had 8,000 people there. And I, you know, the first thing I had to get over was welcome. <laughs> you <laughs> you know get one I mean? word at a time. I just get it out there. Like, um, welcome. Um <laughs> So, so, but when you look at life from the, from the perspective of willingness to do or not do, it suddenly puts your hands on the steering wheel. It's not about the thing. It's more about, am I going to take it on or not take it on? And willingness is like an evident, it kind of contracts and expands as a way of being. It's like it's there, it's not there. But all you need is a little, just a little smidgen to get you in there. And once you're in the way we are as human beings, we get captivated with the thing we're in. We explore it. We develop it. So um, um, certainly uh, my approach is I'm interested in people going beyond what they think they can do and the domain of I'm, – I'm more interested in what people think they can't do. Well, speaking of can't, you also, as a tool, besides saying I'm willing just to get out of the way, yeah. you also use I'm not willing right. as a really powerful – Tool. So, but you can also hear in the language of that, there's a flip to it. So willingness is like this open state where you get yourself, you expose yourself to something, right? You're like, oh, I'm willing. Unwillingness is kind of more resolute. It's more like determined, right? So unwillingness is, you can be applied to almost anything in life. Like I'm unwilling to live what I live any longer. That is, I'm not willing to tolerate what I'm doing there. I'm unwilling to have the body I have. I'm unwilling to have the financial state that I'm in. You might have to say that to yourself 347 times a day, but if every time you say it, you take a different action than you would have done, you are now changing your life. You are changing where this is going. And in my view, 
That's what it takes to change a life. It's often not one thing. Often it's a multitude of hundreds of little things that you're now doing today that you weren't doing a year ago or two years ago that are taking your life in a whole other kind of direction. You have more tools. I love your book, you know, the book Unf Yourself. Um, we, you know, I thought we were going to be so swearing. We, and, we could have been and, all and like, you know, street here, you know, like cursing <laughs> like sailors or something. Get out of your head and into your life. Um, you have a lot of really great little, well, first of all, you have a ton of stoic wisdom. Yeah. I mean, you quote, Epictetus, I've, uh-huh. I've, I've been mispronouncing that for years, and Seneca and Marcus yeah. Aurelius. Um, but and a little, little Vince Lombardi in there. <laughs> the great Stoic. <laughs> the great Stoic, the greatest of the great all. Stoics of football. But you, you have all this wonderful, these gems of, of inspiration to help yeah. people get unstuck. Um, what kind of role has philosophy and particularly the Stoics played yeah. in your, the shaping of this. this massive, yeah. massive. So um, I challenged myself to get better for others. So I started to read philosophy, and I, I actually got into some 20th century like ex- existentialists like Heidegger, Gadamer, Husserl, um, Sartre. But then, you know, for me, the Stoics are like the first existentialists, you know. <laughs> so... Um, but my, my problem with philosophy was it seems to be in a constant argument to see who's right. And I and I'm just keep looking for, well, what's useful? Right. <laughs> you know, that's my, so everything I read and everything I do, I, you know, if you're a philosophy major, you'll run rings around me. It's not my my thing. Um, and, and I love philosophy. And But I, I really feel as if everything you need to live an awesome life in terms of wisdom already exists. You don't need any new insights. If you actually took one thing you already know, you like, already know that, and you said, I'm go- but now I'm going to live by it, you would change your whole life. There's something I noticed, particularly in the last chapter of your book, and it, yeah. was, it was how um, pissed off you sound. Yeah. You sounded like you, in your coaching and in your book, use anger to get people yeah. unstuck. Yeah. Is, is that... Do do we all need someone in our life who just gets pissed with us? <clears throat> kick us in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, it depends on the person. I think it depends where you've got yourself to. You know, some people need a cuddle. <laughs> well, they do. You know. I think everybody kind of yeah, needs a cuddle. They need a, a, you know, they need a cuddle. I'm not your guy. <laughs> That's not, I'm actually a very huggy person. I, I hug my wife, my children all the time. But I, I, I tend to look at myself more like I'm... Um, I'll fight for your life more than you will. Mm. And so I'm willing to position myself there to get you out of the mud. Um, when I first started doing this work, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But then you, know, you named your book Unfuck Yourself. Right, because because I realized that I would have to put myself somewhere. I had to go beyond my own concerns. My concern was I'm going to hurt you. So I can't say it. And it was a horrible experience of trying to make a difference with somebody with that in the back of my mind. And it was such a risk for me, and it, it was a number of years ago, but it was such a risk for me to put myself way out there and say that thing that I knew was going to hurt your feelings. And I, I remember at the time, like, I was shaking. You know, it was horrible because it was so, like, the antithesis of who I would say I am. But I realized that I had to take a stand for something that was greater than my concerns. And in that moment when I'm coaching people, I'm talking to people, the, your concerns are greater than mine. 
you know, I, I'm here to 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 be of service to whatever it is you're dealing with. Yeah. And sometimes that's just standing there, both feet planted in the ground and saying, looking that person dead in the eye and say, you know, you are wrecking your own life and you need to wake up. And that person might have been beaten by their dad for 15 years. And I got to say to them, so what? And they're like, what do you mean, so what? And then I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to work with that person and have them confront what it would look like for them to finally release themselves from explaining their lives in terms of that. It's, it, it's, not, it's still not easy, but I'm willing. Yeah. Action now, cuddle later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's how you get them unstuck. That's right. I want to thank you so much for helping us get unstuck. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Gary. You can follow Gary and get more of what he calls his urban philosophy at garyjohnbishop.com. And follow us at U-Turns Podcast. Give us your questions, comments, thoughts, share your stories of transformation and shift. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.